What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 21 of Fatherhood University. Dad College. Yeah, that's a little, that's a little less snooty, isn't it? <laughs> uh, my name is Cam, and in that voice you just heard belongs to Dave. Yeah. What's up? Well, this is the uh, last time that we're going to do this face-to-face for a while. Yeah. Three and a half, three and two-thirds... Yeah, almost four years. Almost holy Moses. <laughs> not not just this show. Obviously, this show is only 21 episodes old. Yeah. But yeah, it's the master class. This, it's a trap. Yeah. It's been all in person. But we did one last, episode yeah. last week of master class where we were apart. And it was interesting. <laughs> In other words, Dave doesn't know what he's doing. It's fine. It's fine. You're a quick learner, Dave. Oh, yeah. Thank You're you. like a duck to water. <laughs> but it did take me a little bit. To, and it probably will for the next few weeks. Well, I, it did take you a few minutes to figure out how to work Skype. But you know now. It's fine. And, and, that doesn't, no, and, I don't necessarily know now. In your defense, Skype is a truly terrible program. So, but it's necessary. So. Yeah. Anyways. Um. This is episode 21. Yep. And we have decided that we are going to spend an entire episode dedicated to discipline. We've talked about it probably in like six or seven shows as like sort of like tangential points to whatever the main topic was. But we decided, we thought, you know, having a standalone episode strictly about discipline, um, Probably, you know, worth having. Yep. It's, it's an important part of, you know, raising kids um, in the sense that we want to discipline our kids, but it's also an important part of being a man and being a dad is having self-discipline to do, you know, the right things when they need to get done. Yep. Things that suck that you don't want to do, but you have to do for the betterment of you, your kids, your wife, your family in general. Um, so, yeah. I think that's a somewhat decent and monotone intro. <laughs> Fair enough. Kind of fake it till I make it, Dave. I am who I am dragging today. <laughs> I'd say it's past my bedtime, but that is not true. No, it's not. Just an early morning. Yeah. <sighs> You know those days when your alarm goes off and you're like, (laughs) surely not yet. I even went to bed at like 1030 last night and my alarm went off at five and I was, I was ill prepared to meet all of the Christians at my local coffee shop at six in the morning. (laughs) I'm going to go on a bit of a tangent here because I feel like this is a story worth telling. So if you haven't figured it out by listening to the show, Dave and I are both Christians and I work at a local coffee shop. And this morning I had the uh, terror, I mean, pleasure of opening the store. And on Thursdays, there are numerous uh, Bible studies, small group type deals that get together. One of which I belong to. Uh, I could not attend today because I was too busy serving coffee. And we opened the doors at six. There was a line to the door from six till about 620. And about half of the people that are in the store are part of this women's group that gets together every Thursday morning and they are lovely, lovely ladies. They're sweet. They're kind. They're nice, you know, 
but at six in the morning, like they're clearly all morning people because they're out and at a coffee shop in public, ready to go for the day <laughs> at 6 a.m. And I'm just like, hi, good morning. How are you? And they all go to my church too. Oh, no. So I know every <laughs> single one of them. And, oh, I heard you're moving. And when do you leave? And we miss Meredith. And uh, I'm just like, I'm trying so hard right now to keep up with you. I know I work at a coffee shop. I know I have unlimited caffeine, but yo, it is six in the morning. And and again, they're sweet and lovely. And I, I mean, no ill will. It's just like when you're at such a, at a, such a different level yeah. than someone else on the energy spectrum and it's your job to match them. Oh, it was rough. <laughs> and the store was full to like seven forty, And then literally within five minutes, everyone, le- everyone left and it was, empty as if nothing had happened like the rapture had come and they had all gone and I was still there cleaning but it was quiet yeah and then all of the post school you know like people that work from the coffee shop or the moms that meet you know once the kids are off to school or the super important business people that decided to have a conference call on speaker nice I was like really yeah I don't need to hear all of your synergy isms and oh yes and SWOT analysis and my scrum board and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm trying to run a business over here too pal anyways it was a lovely morning <laughs> well good sorry that story was longer than I big shock longer than I anticipated you're good all right sorry I'm readjusting myself <laughs> uh discipline what do you what, what, what do we want to talk about that was a very professional segue <laughs> well i the biggest thing i think i if i did would just say it is absolutely necessary and if you don't discipline your kids from the get-go and consistent be consistent with discipline throughout the years that you're raising your children uh you will have little human beings that become big human beings that uh, don't contribute to society and are very difficult to do deal with. So I would say one discipline is important. Um, two, I would say that you have to be creative and flexible with discipline. What works with one child will not work with another one. And so if you have more than one child, you may discover, oh, this doesn't work. And it is your job to be a parent, not to be the friend of your kid. And anybody in the history of the world who has ever wanted to be the cool parent, and i.e. doesn't discipline or doesn't act like a parent, acts like a friend, uh, in the long run, I think probably regrets doing that because you guys, I made jello shots for your party. <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. <laughs> when you said, I'm sorry, I'm derailing your serious point here. When you said get creative with your discipline, all I thought was like, how can I jump out? <laughs> like, what are the different ways I can jump out and surprise my kid to spank them? Like, <laughs> oh, you thought you were getting apple pie? Boom! <laughs> Go to your room. But on a serious note, we should, what, when we say discipline, what do we mean? Because uh, I feel like 
Never mind. You, you don't even, you know what I'm trying to say. I don't yeah. need to. Yeah. So I had a thought when you actually said that, so I'll, I'll, I'll come back to that, but I think the, the, the way I would dis- define discipline is there being consequences for your child when they exhibit behavior that is not uh, appropriate um, for the particular activity, the time and place. Because uh, one of the things I don't want to communicate is that kids can't be kids. Kids sh- should certainly be allowed to be kids and be loud and be crazy and be rowdy when it's appropriate. But I also think there's, so, so discipline is helping your kids to, um, ex, you know, understand what appropriate behavior is for the appropriate time. Like be contextually aware. Be contextually aware. And, and when it's not appropriate, there needs to be consequences for that. Okay. So, and, and so one of the things you, you mentioned was spanking a child. So that would, that's probably, I think one of the first questions is, should we spank? Should we not spank? I was spanked and I turned out just fine. (laughs) I don't necessarily understand personally the backlash against spanking. Um, when it comes to any form of discipline, there are always people that are going to take it too far. Absolutely. So like, even if you remove spanking from the table is a discipline well then like you're going to be in isolation for two days that's like emotionally damaging mm-hmm. you know like you can no matter what it is like you can take it to a point where it's inappropriate and i mean in my experience i got sp- being spanked was a consequence for misbehaving after i had been told what to do or what not to do for uh, talking back or speaking inappropriately to my parents or for like punching my sister in the face, (laughs) which would happen from time to time. She deserved it most of the time, but you know that who's, who's here to say if that's for sure. Um, But I don't ever once remember being spanked. Because my dad was angry. Like, he wasn't taking his anger out on me through the spanking. He wasn't hitting me because it was fun. And it was never, like, abusive. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe I've hidden that deep within my, you know, (laughs) trauma or whatever. But, like, as, as soon as they could stop spanking me and start grounding me or taking away freedoms. They did it because that meant more to me. Like I'd put up with the spanking. There was one day my mom spanked me and I laughed at her. It was the last time I ever got spanked. (laughs) And from then on, it was grounding and taking away the bike and taking away the television and taking away Nintendo and taking away time with just removing freedom. And that's all they had to do with me. Mm -hmm. And I was like, and then there were certain times where I knew I was going to get grounded, but I was like, oh, this is, I'm going to die on this hill. And then like two days later, it's like, that was a stupid choice. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't do, do anything. Um, so like they used spanking as a way to let me know there are real consequences for when you do something, you know, is not right. Like when you actively 
disobey or actively act like a turd. This is the consequence. And I knew what it was. Yeah. And, but then again, the second it became ineffective or there was a more effective way to discipline me, they moved straight on to that. Yeah. And for me, like I said, it was grounding and removal of freedom yeah. and I hated it. Yeah. And it worked. Yep. Um, but I don't really think they ever had to spank my sisters very much. Maybe here and there, but like that was fine. Like they, I don't even really remember how they disciplined my sisters because obviously it wasn't me. I wasn't, you know, around for it, but like, yeah. so I don't know. That's my history with it. I don't have any baggage with like an abusive dad or an abusive mother or like there's in my experience, there's none of that. So I see how it worked for them and for me. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. Um, but there's obviously people that have different experiences and I can see why they would look at spanking and it would trigger a lot of, you know, emotional response to an abusive relationship. Right. So like, I don't want to say blanket. Yes, it's right. Or no, it's wrong. I'm like, you know, do what you think is going to be best for your kid. And like you said, kids react to different things. Yeah. And you know, my parents changed their tactics when they realized he's laughing now. Yeah. So this clearly isn't working. <laughs> So yeah, I, I grew up, my sister and I both got spanked. I remember getting spanked by my dad and literally kind of being one of those things where like, I don't know that we were consciously aware that we were pushing the envelope, but it was like, like it was kind of that we know we've been told to stop what we're doing and we continue to do it. And then like, I'm, I remember just literally like specifically like a living room where we, we lived in Des Moines, Iowa when we were young of like doing something and like pushing it, my dad yelling at us and pushing the envelope kind of seeing our, you know, not consciously doing it, just being kids. And then just, I remember just my dad, like getting up, <laughs> it was truly like this, like, Oh crap, here comes dad kind of a thing. We have poked but, the bear. Yes. And, and like just trying to scramble to get away from me and from my dad. And it just like, I have this childhood, just sort of memory of like, just it like being impossible to get away from dad. It was like, he had this incredible reach and speed <laughs> and it was like, he'd grab you and pull you back and give you the whack. And I also remember kind of the same thing of, of traveling and him, you know, giving us warnings when we were in the back seat uh -huh. and then like being able just to reach back and totally just put us in her place with a quick little swat. And uh -huh. it was, it, so it was like, cause I, and, and I was even thinking of that, of just that, like, I don't remember it being abusive. I don't remember my dad doing it out of anger, but I remember just being like, Oh, I crossed the line. Like I, I remember just sort of having that like sense of like, I, I did something I shouldn't do. And it kind of stings a little bit on my behind where I got swatted. But I also remember sort of having this like inner feeling of what I did was wrong and I shouldn't have done it. And I, I guess I'm in agreement with you too. Of there was, it, it, there's an age that it's appropriate, and I think it, that's probably different from everybody. But um, I think there's kind of that time where it, it fits the, the 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 crime finish the punishment fits the crime. The crime finishes. Oh, I can't talk. Uh, it's all right. It's not an audio. Yeah, it's fine. Because <laughs> because I you know there was certainly a time when my parents stopped. Uh, spanking us and 
I want to say it was early elementary school. And um, it was it was basically because being spanked and I, same way. I remember laughing at my mom. And and honestly, it was even I remember her response being she laughed, too, eventually. And it was not even so much that she was spanking us. It was like I was laughing at how mad she was. And for some reason, it just tickled my sister and I. And then next thing you know, my mom's laughing. And so. Oh, my mom did not laugh when I. Oh, she funny. was livid. My, my mom was initially livid, but she kind of like it. It kind of broke the ice thing. One of the few times I can remember the wait till your dad gets home. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, I only remember like one or two instances where that came up. Yeah. And so uh, I, I definitely think uh, spanking has its its place. And even in that, um, I really did not have to spank my first daughter. Um, I'm of the opinion that as a generalization, older, older, older kids tend to be rule followers. And I think you have more discipline issues, not issues. Older kids tend to be rule followers and wanting to be pleasers of their parents, where I think second, third, fourth kids, that's not such a priority for them. And so um, probably didn't spank my oldest daughter as much as my I did my second daughter. I don't think I spanked her all that much. And then Wilby came to us, and he was six years old when he got here. And there was that first year, there was some... Uh, he was very strong willed and the two of us would butt heads on how things are going to be at the new house. And I just remember just thinking, uh, am I scarring this kid? Was he, you know, what happened to him at the orphanage before he got here? Mm-hmm. Am I reinforcing things? But, but I did spank, I did spank Wilby as an adopted child who came from another country who was from an orphanage. And um, I would do the same thing again. And it was, I didn't do it. I honestly don't think it's been a year. He's 12 now. I don't think I've spanked him in the last year. I would say probably not in the last two years. <laughs> but I don't, I was probably between year two and three where that stopped. And... um I know it's significantly lessened to even the point where it just was sort of like, like I could literally say to Wilby, do you need a spanking? And he'd be looking at me and be like, no. And he would straight, you know, he would straighten up because he knew what that meant. So um, I'm with you. There are probably people that abuse it and it's not the appropriate punishment, but given a lot of the things I see in the world today, I would probably maybe lean towards the whole we could probably spank more than we do. <laughs> um, I think using your hand is appropriate because I think you, you, you physically feel what it does to your hand uh-huh. versus if you use some sort of a paddle or something. Yeah. One of my friend's dads had a paddle and I was like, bro, yeah, <laughs> nope. <laughs> or a belt. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you should ever hit your child with another, I, I, I think, the, I think the hand is, is appropriate. And if you're leaving marks, then you're hitting too hard. Um, don't get me wrong. I've had kids with red butts before, but they're re- it shouldn't, it shouldn't, there shouldn't be raised welts type of thing. So yeah, no, but yeah, 
Cause, cause I think you should be able to feel it. And, and then even in that there's, there's an element of, I remember swatting behind some of my kids when they had a diaper on. And then when you stop wearing the diaper and being kind of that realization of, Oh, that's, there's not the padding there. So no regrets for how I hit my kids. I never hit them that hard, but uh, you really should not be leaving significant marks on your children. And I would not use a tool or a paddle or a paddle or a belt or anything else. A wooden spoon. So uh, what other forms of discipline? I mean, we have an arsenal at our hands. <laughs> and nowadays, no phone, no social media, grounding, chores, that sort of stuff. Um, I mean, I guess, I guess it goes to the point you made earlier about like, it depends on the kid Mm -hmm. and what will really get their attention, but how much of discipline is like the act of, you know, the consequence, but then also the discussion with your child about what, either what is going to happen or what did happen and why. Mm Mm-hmm. And in, in, in consistency in that. Yeah. Because empty threats are the worst. Oh, kids figure that out real, real, real quick. But like, I just, it, it makes sense to me that like as much as possible, you have set expectations and then you follow through with the consequence if the expectations aren't met. Mm-hmm. But then afterwards, or before the consequence is given, you have the discussion of this is what you were told. This is how you disobeyed or screwed up. This is the consequence. Mm -hmm. And then talking about what could have been different, like in an ideal situation, you have all four of those stages, right? Sometimes they, they might be separated by some time, but like, it seems to me that if Kennedy disobeys, and I discipline her and it ends with the spanking or the grounding or whatever. And there's no opportunity to talk through what happened, why it happened and what's going to, you know, be different in the future. Then it's a lost opportunity for, yeah, you know, one, your kid to learn two for you to have a solid conversation with your child and three for them to realize just because they're disciplining them doesn't mean you're mad. You don't love them anymore. Like, Right. Oh, yeah. It can be super constructive and better for your relationship with that child if you have the open and honest discussion about why the consequence happened and what could be different. And like our relationship isn't changed. I don't love you any less. You know, like right. Maybe you have some freedoms revoked because you've you know broken some trust, and you can rebuild that over time. But like, I think as as much as you can have those conversations and it obviously depends on how old the kid is and what the, you know, if they just took a cookie from the cookie jar, like <laughs> that's not the same as like, Oh, Hey, I was out past curfew and I'm high. Yeah. Like uh, that's a totally different type of discipline in, in conversation. But I feel like that concept of expectations, consequence, and then discussion about it kind of covers the gamut. Right. Of what, you know, your kid could do. Um, now obviously that's, you know, yeah, sometimes easier said than done because, and maybe sometimes you need to have that conversation like three days later, once you've come off of your 
like if your kid did something real, real and you're super emotional about it, probably not the best time to have a conversation. Right. At least in full. Right. But I don't know. Like you said, just talk to your kids. I mean, that's what we always keep coming back to on yeah. the show is just having that open line of communication as much as possible. Some kids are obviously more difficult. Some like there's a million variables here, but if our, if our goal as parents is to raise emotionally and relationally healthy kids, that has to start with our relationship and our emotions with them being healthy, like set that foundation so that they know mom and dad love me and they want the best for me. That doesn't mean we don't have hard times. It doesn't mean we don't disagree, but we learn how to handle that. Mm. We learn how to deal with disagreements. We learn how to not like people that you love sometimes. Right. You know? Um, so I don't know, I guess there was a question and then I just started <laughs> talking, but. So I think, I, I do think the, the, the consequence should fit what was done, mm-hmm. you know? So if I violated curfew, if I've done drugs, if I've done something I'm not supposed to, well then, um, I think, uh, you know, grounding and not getting to be as interactive with, with friends is, is, is obviously appropriate. Uh, you know, I remember Caroline having issues with texting a boyfriend after hours. And so her phone was taken away from her, mm-hmm. um, you know, television, if, you know, and, and it's, and, and even like you said, kind of explaining, you know, this is why this is going to be this consequences, because I think these, there's a correlation here and the behavior that I'm seeing and, and what we're trying to, um, what we're trying to help you, I don't even want to say correct or it, it, it again, it's our, our goal is for you to be a, as is my child. I want you to be a contributing member of society and I'm helping you to navigate, um, those sorts of things. And so I think very, 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 very early on, there needs to be follow through mm-hmm. and that I get that that may be very difficult for you. If you're at the grocery store and you have in mind that you need to get the grocery shopping done today and your kid throws a temper tantrum. And so your response is to uh, you, you, cause there's, there's, cause even in that there's twofold, you know, my kid may be throwing a temper, t- temper tantrum because they want us, they want me to leave. And so if I leave, then they win. Uh, but there's also that element of, you know, we've seen the kid in the store, whole, you know, having the temper tantrum and a parent making empty threats towards the child where you're like, it's clearly not working. And um, so, yeah, one, it needs to fit who the child is and, and the consequence needs to feel to fit with what they've done. And then, like you said, I think there needs to be a conversation helping them understand. And I, I believe that kids at a younger age than we give them credit for understand this concept of there being consequences for their behavior. Oh, yeah. And I think even with a small, small child, you can explain to them, you know, this is why we're doing this. Um, and... It, um, 
I, even the way you're wired as a parent can make it difficult because if you're somebody that has compassion and empathy, it can be really hard. Whereas if you're not so much that way, you can be a lot, it's a lot easier to sort of be like, well, they're going to do the time for the crime. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but yeah, I definitely think grounding is an effective tool when appropriate. I think we're moving those privileges away, um, are appropriate. And then just, just even like you said, knowing from a child, um, because my oldest daughter, I could look at her just in the right way and bring her to tears. And Olivia, my second daughter, she very quickly was like laughing at me when I would spank her. You know, mm -hmm. like for her, it was kind of like, you're going to spank me. And it's going to hurt for five seconds, maybe a little bit longer. Sure, I'll take that. And so there definitely needed to be uh, more... Uh, relational consequences and then that kind of that conversation of this is why uh, that happened. Uh, you also use the, the, the term trust. And that was one of the things that we told our daughters uh, as teenagers um, was, you know, a 13, 14 year old is looking towards those days when I can drive. They're looking towards those days where I can stay out late with my friends. They, you know, even though they're not doing it, they can see it coming. And I remember very early on with my girls having a conversation of saying, you, even as 12, 13 year old, we're working towards what you're going to get to do when you're older. And one of the first things is, is I need to be able to trust you. And I need to trust that you're going to tell me the truth when I ask you a question. And if there is anything that you can do as a parent, uh, and I wish I had a magic formula for this, but is creating that dialogue where your child will come to you in truth, even though that's the last thing they want to do is admit to you that they've done something wrong. If you can create that environment, you are light years ahead. Um. And so, um, trust was a big one I used with my daughters and that started with telling me the truth. And if you tell me the truth and there's consistency in what you tell me, uh, I, there's a lot of things that we said, you know, don't, don't, you know, when you lie to me, you tell me I'm stupid. Are you telling me I'm stupid? No, dad, I'm not saying you're stupid. Uh, you know, we live in a fairly small community too right now in Gardner, Kansas. And so it's kind of easy to go. I know what you're doing even when I'm not there. Uh, so, and that was certainly true. We, I mean, I think our girls were always like, how do you know this? How do you know that? It's like, well, we talk to other parents and we have a web of spies. <laughs> The dogs so, tell us everything. Yes. So I don't know. That was a little bit of a tangent there, but no, I mean, it's good. Like everything in a relationship is built on trust. Yep. The amount of fun you have, the amount of uh, honest conversation, the emotional depth, mm -hmm. like everything about a relationship that makes it either good or bad or fake or authentic is based on trust. Yeah. Respect is based on trust. Yep. Um, you know, let alone discipline and love and 
to, like the ability to just genuinely know, like my dad has what's best for me in mind. Dad wants me to succeed. Dad cares for me. Yeah. Dad want like all of that stuff. Like if your kid can intrinsically know that, like you said, you wish you had a magic formula for that to happen. <laughs> but like, that's kind of our job as a dad is to instill that into our children to know, yeah, dad may be disciplining me or dad may be upset because, you know, X, Y, or Z, or, you know, uh, I don't even know. But like, if my kid can know above all else that I care for them and want the best for them, then like everything else is gravy. I think mm-hmm. if we're going to take a really like 10,000 foot view to right. it, if they know that I love them and want what's best for them and my actions are seen coming out of that desire, then you'd like to think that we could all kind of square that in our minds over time. Yeah. Dad's not disciplining me because he's angry. He's disciplining me because I broke a known ruler expectation. Dad's not, giving me this nice thing because he's trying to buy my love. He's giving me this nice thing because he cares for me and wants to treat me well mm-hmm. or reward me for doing something going above and beyond. Like if there's, if we can root our actions as much as possible and I guarantee I will screw this up <laughs> a bunch. Um, cause you know, I'm just, I'm just a dude, yeah. you know, I have my own issues, but like if as much as possible, we can root our uh, decisions and discussions uh, with our kids in, in that framework of, I love you. I care for you. I want what's best for you. You know, then maybe we have a fighting chance, right? You know? And if we're, as you said, if we're consistent about it, I mean, I'm talking like years and decades consistent. Then hopefully our kids catch that. And then as adults, you get to have a really nice relationship yeah. because you know, they are now adults and maybe they have their own families or starting them and you get to be a fun grandma or grandpa, <laughs> Yeah, you know, and be like, Oh, you can deal with the discipline. <laughs> I get to have fun now. But I mean, it's my relationship with my parents has changed incredibly over the last 10 years. Yeah. Graduated college got married moved 14 hours away had a kid like a lot changed in the last you know 10 years and it was nice to be able to talk with them about stuff and know that the decision is mine and the consequences of those decisions are mine but if I want advice or if I want a sounding board or if I want to you know ask specific questions about different ways to approach things. They're there for me. But at the same time, they're like, it's your life, man. Like, yeah, you're an adult now. You have to, you have to, we will give you information. We will give you advice if you want it. We're not going to tell you what to do or how to live your life anymore. We did that for, you know, (laughs) 20 years and you know, you're married. Like you need to, you know, make your decision and live with it. Um, but it's just nice to have, different relationship now, you know, where they can totally like take their hands off the steering wheel and the gas and the brakes and just let me drive. Yeah. You know, and then if I need to, they're, you know, phone call away. (laughs) 
Dad, it crashed and burned, man. <laughs> Can you? I haven't done that yet. I've gotten pretty close a few times, but I don't know. I just I see I see the whole process because of this the stage that I'm at. Right, I'm I'm I turned 32 in two days. And so I feel like I'm at that point in my life where I've been out of the house. I've, you know, I've gone through college and grad school. I've been married for nine years. I have a kid, like I'm right on that verge of like, I can kind of see both directions. What, what went well, what went bad, what I want to go well, what might go bad. (laughs) But like, I just feel like at this stage, I'm I'm at that point where like the decisions I make in the next like five years, as far as it goes with how, how I treat my family and the expectations we set, like that's going to go a long way to how the next 20 years after that right. go. So it's kind of like, I see it like as a pivotal point in, in my life as, you know, as it relates to my daughter and any future children, but also to my wife and to myself, like the habits we form as a family relationally mm-hmm. in the next, like, you know, from here to the next five years, maybe eight if we stretch the kids out a bit (laughs) like that's going to go a really, really long way to either set us up for success or to have us fighting an uphill battle the rest of the way, I think. So no pressure. It'd be fine. (laughs) But I just, I I feel like, and maybe it's just because I'm being introspective about it and I could feel this way in 10 years and my kids are teenagers and we're starting that whole journey. But like, I just feel like I'm at a really interesting point to look back and see the good and the bad and to learn from it and then to try and project forward how I want that all to look like. So, yeah, it's exciting, but it's also like, Holy crap. I can really, <laughs> I can really do a number on my kid and they could just be like, you know, useless Yeah, because dad was such a, you know, I don't yeah. want to be that way. I won't be that way, but like the possibility is there. Yeah. Right. If I just like lose my mind and just dump all sorts of crap on my kid, like, <laughs> You know, and how terrible is that for you as an adult to ruin the potential of a child? Yeah. Anyways. Yep. Now I'm getting like way, <laughs> way, way into, you know, well, there's a 2.25% that I'm going to turn my kid into a, you know. Right. Well, it's, I, I remember riding in the car with Olivia and she was talking about how disrespectful her friends were to the, her parents. And, and she was like, truly like appalled, like disrespectful to you or no, 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 her no. friends. I'm were sorry. To their parents. I yeah. I don't know how I said that, but how her friends were disrespectful to their parents. And like, she was truly like appalled at their behavior. And I just asked her, I said, well, what, I mean, like, why do you think you're different? Like, what's, why does that concern you? What, like, why are you? And she was like, Cause I'm afraid of you. (laughs) (laughs) And I like, you know, and so you have that moment of like, Oh my gosh, I don't want my kids to be like afraid of me. Yeah. And, and so, you know, we, we, you know, we kind of dissected that and, and talked about like, I was like, are you really afraid of me? Are you? And, and, and it was just like, she articulated what you just said. She said, well, yeah, I, I am afraid of you, but it's not like I'm afraid of you because you're going to hurt me or you're mean or you're it's, I know you love me and I know that there's consequences for my actions and that you would just never put up with me talking back to you. Like you would be like, <laughs> you would take things, you know, and, and, and it really was that like, so 
like my heart sank for that moment of, oh, I don't want my kids to be afraid of me. But then what she articulated was not fear at all, but it was a respect in this sort of sense of like, I just know that if I were to say that to you, I would lose. Like, <laughs> How old was she when that happened? Uh, so I would say she's probably 13, maybe 14. Oh, okay. So this has been a few years, but you know, and. That's funny that it was her too. She likes to push buttons. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and you know, and there's been natural consequences. I mean, she got a pretty hefty speeding ticket this summer and, uh, you know, her mom walked her through the process with the municipal court. And when it was all said and done, you better go to court. Oh yeah. Good. She had to, she had to make a decision and, and ultimately she had to pay twice what the ticket was worth or twice what the initial ticket was because that kept it off of her record understood the implications with insurance and all that kind of stuff. But it was also fitting for her because, um, you know, she's not frivolous with money. Like she knows how much she has and she's very generous, mm -hmm. but she's also very intentional with her money. And so for her to have to write a check for over $300 to pay for a speeding ticket. Yeah. And then when it's all said and done, it's like, mom, you know, we don't have, we didn't really have to say anything beyond that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's truly just like, can you afford to do this again? No. Uh -huh. Do you want to be in this situation when you're writing a check for 300 and whatever dollars? No. All right. Yeah. Good chat. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, it, the, we didn't really, ha you know, and there would have been no benefit for us to beat her up over it. Cause I've had a speeding ticket. Her mom's had a speeding ticket. We've been there and it sucks. And then when you get it doubled to keep it off your record, it's even worse. And so anyway, um, yeah. Interact with your kids, have those conversations. And even when it doesn't feel like you, maybe from your perspective, you feel like you're being the bad guy or the mean guy. Um, as somebody who's raised a couple of kids, well, raised three kids, but two, they're almost, one's an adult, one's on the verge of being an adult and then doing a job where you encounter those people who um, are not contributing to society. Um, being your kid's friend should not be at the top of your list. If I could sum up. Well, I think that makes ramblings. means we've gone full circle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, if you made it this far, thank you. Yeah. And I'm sure you're going to have thoughts on, on, uh, the whole discipline thing. Um, so, like we say, if you want to let us know your thoughts, we have links in the show notes, which if you're listening on your mobile device, you can swipe down over. They're there. Just do a lot of swiping and you'll find them. <laughs> if you're on the website, uh, it's supermegacorp.net slash masterclass slash one. No, this no, is no, dad no. college. This, oh, gosh. <laughs> supermegacorp.net slash college slash 21. But if you're on the website, you already know that. Yes. Uh, show notes are there as well. Um, but there's links to Twitter and our email and uh, our Patreon page, um, which is how we support the shows that we do. And uh, shout out to Katie, Wilby, and Rachel for their continued support. And any final face-to-face -face words? Final's not. That's, that's way too final. <laughs> Any words for our last, oh gosh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs>
Never mind. No words. Okay. No words. Yeah. Okay, all verklempt. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! And on that use of a great word, uh, farewell. Until next time. <laughs>